This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hi, guys. This is Joy. And this is Claire. And you are joining us halfway through a conversation about how Bluetooth connection problems are the evidence that we need that robots will never take over the world. Yeah. Well, Claire was setting up her computer and her recording setup and she was getting off another call and she's like, okay, every time I get onto this computer or at least put in, you know, we have a different recording system for our podcast and different microphone. It always like goes back to a different setting. And then I was like, yeah, I have a Bluetooth speaker light in my office and every time I walk in here, my earbuds want to just pop over to the speaker light. So everything I listen to now comes out. I'm like, I don't want to, I didn't want to change it. And if our like 30 year ago selves were listening to this conversation, we'd be like, what? I was thinking about earbuds today. Like how, when they first came out, how everyone was making fun of them. And like the meme with like, what's that movie? Something about Mary. Oh yeah. They do. <laughs> They're making, like that. They really do. <laughs> it's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. But and I also think like Bluetooth technology does not seem to have advanced at all since it came out originally in like like 15 years ago with like the guys with their little Bluetooth like belt loop, like belt attachment. Yeah. Or the um the remember the big ones that kind of like That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. They have but the like the like huge Bluetooth like headset. Right. With, like the belt hook for your cell phone. Yeah, the belt hook like, cell phone the, is not there's a certain type of person that wears those and loves that's them. That's what I mean is like I feel like the the person who had like the early adopter bluetooth microphone and the person who wore a, a cell phone belt loop like the Venn diagram of those two people was a lot of overlap. A lot of overlap. Agreed. What was like the biggest phone that you had size-wise? I mean, my current phone is very large. Well, but that's not I, what you mean. You mean no, like I'm the, talking about the most like brick status that I had. Yeah, we're not talking about my iPhone first, Slim. My first iPhone was a Motorola flip phone with, and it had like an antenna that pulled out. Oh yeah, I had that too. Oh my gosh, that was like clueless where she like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what up, it, it did. It did flip. Um, so it wasn't like just the entire brick, but my dad had a car phone. Yeah. I remember in elementary school, one of our neighbors had a car phone and that was beyond, that was beyond. Yeah. I could just like call him in the car and he had yeah. this like, huge antenna for it on the top of his car that would always hit the gr- top of the garage. And it like came in a carrying case and you had to like set it up. It was like the whole thing. <laughs> I'll never forget my first cell phone was in college. This always makes me feel so old, but whatever. My first cell phone was in college and my mom got it for me. It was like the size of my, like the full length of my hand and probably like three inches thick. (laughs) It was so big. Oh, it's so great. I never had the like the Nokia, you know, like the, what is the Nokia ringtone? I'm not going to get it. Do, 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 do. That one? No, there's another one. <laughs> Which uh, one's somebody, that? somebody's screaming it at us right now. They're like in their car doing like the do 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 and like the Nokia. I'm gonna have to look it up. But I remember. Will Siri tell us? Is that cross pollinating? It's too much cross pollinating. Let's see here. I swear. Oh, yep. Dee 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 dee. That one. Like on Devil Wears Prada. 
Yeah. That's the one she hears constantly. Yeah, that's like the original Nokia ringtone. Okay. Like the original ringtone. Like the original Like the the OG ringtone, yeah. But then like when I, so I got my first cell phone when I was a freshman in high school and my, by my like junior year of high school, it was all about your ringtone. Okay. And, but I remember having like plenty of friends whose parents were like, I'm not spending money on a ringtone. Like you cannot right. buy a ringtone. Yeah. My dad paid my cell phone bill and I don't, I just don't think he ever looked at it. And so I could spend whatever, whatever I want, you, want. <laughs> you know, at like three ninety nine a pop or something. Ridiculous. Right. But I remember having a friend whose like parents were like, no, we're not spending money on ringtones. She had her like little Nokia cell phone. One of the ringtone options was da 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 Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. it the way that it vibrated, if you stood it up like so that it was like, you know, balanced on its bottom, like sitting, like standing all the way up, it would like kind of rotate as it sang the song. And we just thought that was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> like that's like a core memory. I think about it all the time of this like little Nokia cell phone with like a little pink or like purple sparkly cover, just like slowly like, like doing a dance. Yeah. Like Oh, the good old days. The good old days. And then when I was like in my young 20s, I got a pretty small, I don't even know, Samsung flip phone, flip phone, flip phone with the antenna that made me really feel like Cher on Clueless where she like, there's nothing more satisfying than the slap of a cell phone close, like with one hand. I really miss those days. Like when you get angry with your boyfriend and you're talking to him and you just like slap the the cell right. phone closed. There's no anger hanging up these days. And no, I, we're really slide. missing out. Yeah, we're we missing really out. are. I had a pink razor in college. That was my college cell phone. I think because iPhones, I didn't get my first iPhone until after college. I had a pink razor and then I had a Blackberry. And yeah. I had a Blackberry until like I had a Blackberry when I met Brandon. I had a Blackberry and at my then, old job, like two jobs. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, that I was very satisfying. The keys were very satisfying on the it Blackberry. It was very satisfying, like a yeah. whole darn very set tactile of keyboard. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was very tactile. And then I will never forget when Scott and I first started dating. That's when the first iPhone came out. Oh my gosh, we're dinosaurs. And he, of course, had to have the newest of everything. So he got the first iPhone and I was so mad and so jealous because I was like, you're always on your phone. That was like the first generation of being like, you're always on your phone. Because like when you didn't have the iPhone, there were no apps, there, you know, whatever. And I will never forget, just he was always on it, like trying to figure it out and play around with it. And I just, he, <laughs> I love this photo. I got to have him find this photo. There's a photo of me that he took, like one of the first photos with his iPhone. And I was giving him the biggest bitch face because I was like, oh, you're going to take a picture with me of me with your f- new phone because I was jealous of the iPhone. I mean, I feel like iPhones are so ubiquitous and like being on your phone all day is so the norm now that we kind of forget that like less than 10 years ago, you maybe had like one or two bougie friends with iPhones and everyone else all your phone did was send and receive text messages and send and receive calls. And like, maybe you had a couple of games. You did not have no the way. internet on Mm-mm. your phone until no. pretty recently. Pretty recently. I always think about that. Like, what did we do with all of our time? What did we do when we were waiting at the airport? We read books. We just sat there like idiots, right? We read we books. People watched. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, we got magazines, which I love. We I love bought a, good- a lot of magazines. Every time I go to the airport, I look at the magazines and I'm like, remember when I used to buy magazines to yeah. read on an airplane? Yeah. Instead of just so many things. I remember carrying, okay, now we're just going to go straight down memory lane. When I was dating uh, in my 20s and I went to visit my boyfriend. I think, yeah, this was one that was in the military. And I remember carrying an entire like CD player, full on CD player, a discman. And I had Nelly Furtado. That was like on repeat. <laughs> like, but the things you used to carry, huge books. So many things. Big old cameras. So many things. Yeah. Cameras. Oh my God, cameras. <laughs> like I used to take a full on camera out to the bars with me every time. Oh yeah. With like, you, didn't like, you do that at your bachelorette party? That almost got lost. What got lost no. at your bachelor party? Your wallet? Oh no! Um, I it was my phone. That's right. Okay. I had an iPhone by then, and okay. but we used and because we used track my iPhone to find that's, it. That's right. That's right. Okay. No, the the punchline of the story for my bachelorette party. Have I told this in the podcast before? You have, but it's worth repeating. It's been a while. <laughs> So for my bachelor party, it was just me and my two best friends. And we went to Paso Robles in the central coast of California. And we went out like, it's not like a really like nightlife type of town. It's like all wineries, but there are a few bars. And so we went to the, like the one kind of bar where you go that has a big dance floor and we left all our stuff in the corner. And then we came to go check on our stuff and everything was gone. We were like, oh my God, someone stole our stuff. So we like talked to the bouncer. He has us call the cops. We turn on, find my iPhone for my and we were able to track my iPhone down to like a house in a in a nearby neighborhood. So we drive there. The cops follow us, like saying this out loud. I'm like, it was so bizarre. They I don't follow know you what happened. instead of the other way around. They follow us and we like park it in front of the house. The people in there must like have seen us. Who knows what happened? They got back in their car, drove back to the bar and we're like, oh, we found, we realized we like grabbed these jackets. We didn't mean to. And we were like, uh-huh, sure. Like you just grabbed a bunch of random jackets and took them all the way to your house, but whatever. Well, so we ended up getting our stuff back except for my one friend's credit card. And so we're talking to the cops outside the bar after all. Then this, oh, like, this, this is like a two to three hour situation. We were like really drunk when it started. We're not drunk anymore. Like we have been like chasing down our belongings all night at this point. We're talking to the cop and he's like, you know, I'm so sorry this happened. Um, we'll give you a call if anything turns up, but honestly, you know, probably what you should do is just like go home, cancel your card and like get a new one. You know, it's probably not likely that we're going to recover it. And my friend who has on like a strapless dress and a, so therefore probably a strapless bra takes this like big deep breath. Okay. And immediately as she does that, she just kind of gets this like smirk on her face. And we were like, what's going on? And so the cop walks away and she just bursts out laughing and pulls her credit card out of her bra. (laughs) And we all just like lose it. Like after all, like we filed a police report and this credit card was in her bra the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like strapless bras have a lot of structure to them. That's, you know, and so I'm sure she just assumed it was part of the underwire or whatever. She's not, doesn't have like a particularly big chest, but man, we just thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Like that all this time she had just had it. Yeah. And then she like, realizes it while she's talking to the cop. Doesn't want to be like, cops, never mind. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyway. Yeah. So oh, that's the story. Good the stuff. Okay, so speaking of, of being old, uh, Evie turned three last week, which is crazy. I feel like 
It has been a hundred years since her second birthday, but definitely not three years since she was born. Like, I can't believe that she is so old. It feels like time's flown. Yeah, it's just bizarre. And so I was listening to Brene Brown had a, so we're recording this on Monday. Happy Valentine's Day. Brene Brown had like a Valentine's Day podcast episode that she released today on um, Unlocking Us, where she shared part, like an excerpt from Atlas of the Heart, the audiobook, which I haven't read the book yet. I'm waiting for the audiobook. I did go to the office today, so I actually listened to it, which is rare for me to listen to podcasts, let alone the day they come out. But she has a part in there. She talks about like being brokenhearted and she reads an excerpt from somebody where it talks about how like sort of there are these, a lot of things that will cause brokenheartedness are like kind of, well, let me give an example. I don't know how to describe it, but the example she gives is like, you know, you don't expect your kids to stay young forever. And so it's not like you're disappointed, but as they grow up, it still kind of breaks your heart every time they leave a phase because like you, and I was, so I was thinking about that as I was driving home, because I have gone on record many times to say like, I do not miss the baby phase. I don't miss having newborns, newborn, the newborn phase in my experience is far and away the hardest part of parenting. It's isolating. It's dehumanizing. It's unendingly demanding. It's relentless, you know, to the ends of the earth. And it, you get very little in return. I don't like it. (laughs) But as my kids get older, I just enjoy them more and more, but I still am sad about them leaving those phases. And I think what it is, is that like when they're little, especially you just love everything about them. I mean, they are hilarious. They are adorable. They are like, their lives are just like a comedy of errors. And like, as they leave those ages, I think there is this sort of real realization that I loved this person at this age so fully, and they're never going to be that person again. Yeah. And so, like you can't go you, back there. Right. You can't go back. Like it's a one way street. And that is so sad. Yeah. And while like they will always, you know, the way that we all do, you never like stop being who you are. You just kind of like hold all of that at more and more as you grow you know, the little words that she mispronounced or the little ways that she, you know, did things because she couldn't, wasn't big enough to do them the real way or the things that she needed help with, you know, all those little moments that made her like one-year-old Evie and then two-year-old Evie, like you can't get those back. Yeah. And that's sad. Yeah. Because they're so cute. And it, I mean, I wouldn't go back because those, those ages are also uniquely difficult. I, really, you know, I understand now what people mean when they have older kids and they're like, oh, I miss that. I miss them being babies. It's like, they they don't mean like, I miss, I want to go back there 24 seven. They mean like, I it's miss a nostalgia that for that time, that, that little person. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And you can feel the, you can feel both of those emotions at the same time. You know, you can feel like I never, like that was not my favorite phase, but also you have that heartache for that time of who they were at that age. And it is, it's yeah, like, it's and, just like kind of yeah. thinking back, like when you're younger, like you just knowing that you can never get that back, like that you can never go back breaks your heart a little bit. Yeah. Like that's, that's like the crappy thing about, about living in linear time. <laughs> I mean, it happens to all of us. We're all just, we're all on it. all of us. We're all stuck on this one-way road. So, (laughs) such a weird thing. It is weird. No, but that's hard. That's hard because then it's kind of like you go through that into like, especially because she'll change so much in the past, in like even the next year. And you'll have that same feeling next year. 
that's just like this daily thing you have to deal with as a parent is like every, every day, even with Miles who's six, like even at his age, every day, you know, he's, he just learned how to read or his two front teeth fell out. And now they're, it's not a gap anymore. It's like the teeth are growing in, you know, like those are the things where every single day I'm like, you are not, you are tangibly not as young as you were yesterday. I think as a parent, you, you can't live, like you can't dwell on that too much. Otherwise you just cry all the time, but it does strike you on birthdays where you're like, oh my gosh, how do we get here already? Like, how are we already at three? How are we already at? Like, how are, how are you not just like an infant anymore? <laughs> when did this happen? Well, the it's... picture was really cute of her in the unicorn onesie. Oh my gosh. What is she so, into right now? Unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. So the thing about Evie, and I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago, is like Miles had all these very, and still does, these very specific special interests. Like when he was Evie's age, it was Lightning McQueen and dinosaurs and like rainbow things. And when he was two, it was mostly just Lightning McQueen. And when he was four, it was like wildlife facts. Oh no, that was five. Five was wildlife facts. And then, you know, right now he's super into Star Wars and Legos and I mean, still into wildlife. And he's, so he's always had these things you can point at and be like, well, what is Miles into? It's like, oh, here's a list of five things. For Evie, as far as Evie is concerned, the whole world belongs to her. And like, we are just here to support her life, like her life as the main character and the leading lady of the entire universe. And so she doesn't have any special interests because all things are hers. Shark facts are for her. Unicorns are for her. Rainbows are for her. If I could say, you know, like she does like the things that Miles likes because he likes them, but everything else, she's just like, yeah, this is all for me. Like, why would I need to pick any one given thing? And it's so hilarious. Uh, Maxine did decide that she was like, we're having a rainbow unicorn party. And I was like, okay, great. We all, we thought about me having like an Encanto party because she loves Encanto, but like really she just loves to dance. So anyway, so Maxine bought her a rainbow unicorn onesie to wear for her birthday party. And it was a real hit. I mean, she really just showed up in that onesie and yeah. embodied the unicorn. Yeah, she did. Evie understands the assignment every time. She does. That's the thing. When, when you're the main <laughs> <She> character, <understands. laughs> like when you're the main character of the universe, the assignment is your assignment every time. Yeah, right. And like there's no assignment win. other than the one that you're performing. Oh, it's so great. I love it. It's so great. She's so funny. She's just like, no one is more Evie than Evie. And she, <laughs> uh, like yesterday we went out to lunch. It was super, super nice out. And she still insisted on wearing these like really fleecy baby Yoda jammies that she has with a penguin hat, like a penguin beanie. And she was eating a blizzard from Dairy Queen. Brandon took this picture of her where she's just like head thrown completely back giant spoon of blizzard just like dripping into her mouth and just like sweating because she's so hot but she won't change her outfit and it's just like this is who i am i'm eating my blizzard and i'm wearing my pajamas and no one can say anything about it unapologetic and it wasn't like a oh we just caught evie in this moment like that's her 24 7 yeah 24 7 yeah (laughs) so uh yeah she's so we had a rainbow unicorn party it was very cute maxine planned the whole thing which she always does if Maxine wasn't here, we would probably not have birthday parties for our kids because we just aren't that organized. So <laughs> it's really great. But yes, time marches on and it's bizarre. I think that also it's so wonderful that, you know, I feel so privileged to have my kids who are healthy and, you know, I get, I'm, I don't try really hard not to take granted. I mean, it's impossible to not take everything for, you know, to not yeah. take certain things for granted. I think about that a lot too, where I'm like, we have to take things for granted. Otherwise we can never get out of bed. 
Like if we That's not really realistic felt, way to live. Not no, realistic way to live. Like, we'd never leave our house. Yeah. If it never. Like if we really felt the enormity that like every moment could be our last and everyone else's last and that everything that we receive could be the last time we receive it. Yeah. And every you know, like if we really felt all that, we would just collapse. Yeah, there's no way we can handle that. Our systems no. would shut down. Absolutely shut down. Like I sometimes go in like a, a lot of my anxiety as a mom surround is around like when my family leaves the house without me and I'm like something could happen or like if Maxine has both the kids in the car yeah. and like something could happen you know like a lot I, of people like, feel that way just in general it's for like, sure yeah with their loved ones yeah right and like so I sometimes have like really acute moments of anxiety around that and I have to like kind of remind myself you know I'm like well did I say goodbye to them like did, you know did I do it and I'm like you can't first of all you know you go into that like anxiety insurance situation but it kind of like reassures me to think like we have to take a certain amount of our lives for granted otherwise yeah. we couldn't function no that happens to me every time scott goes on a trip i'm like well yeah <laughs> hope you come back no i mean it really truly though like you can't live there or else you really will just be like calling the person constantly and it's just it's so scary but you would just live in a state of like yeah incredible panic and hypochondria and like some people do you know but it's not you couldn't live that way you know like it's not and so i i sort of find that reassuring to think like oh you know you hear people say like oh i really took my health for granted before i got sick or oh, i really took you know xyz for granted before it disappeared one day and it's like yeah we have that but that's that's the requirement Mm-hmm. You can and so what I'm trying to get out is like I I try not to take for granted that I get to see my kids get as they get older and like get to know each new version of them because I know that that's not the reality for people who you know have experienced child loss. I think you know it's it's always a both and, but I do love each new age. Like it's so funny, and I think that there's also a point for me with Miles. It was maybe closer to two, and with Evie, it's been about three. Where finally around that birthday, I started feeling like okay, here I am again. Like me, myself is sort of back in the game. Like not back in the game. That sounds a little bit too like ready for ready for action. But like I've like rejoined the chat, you know, like my, like my needs and my individual like goals and wants and moments to myself have sort of like come back online are starting to. And that's really nice to feel like, okay, I can like have some amount of presence in my own life again. And that's important. I think that's it's like, really important. That's a good, it's a good time to just be like, oh my gosh, because I think for a lot of moms that might be going through a phase where they're like, am I ever going to get to that point? It's important to know, like, yes, you will. It comes back, and it's for most for most kids. For mo- and I say like again, like I'm very grateful that my kids are not sick or you know just like don't have anything. They're very whatever, but you guys know what I mean. I think for me. Yeah, with Miles, it was around two. And with Evie, it was around three. And I think that was because, you know, with having two kids, it took a little bit longer (laughs) while everything was juggling. But you will think your own thoughts again. You will, like, have space for yourself again. You will not feel like all you're doing are managing the lives and well-beings and, like, hopes and dreams and emotions of these. Like, when your kids start to be able to somewhat manage their own emotions, even just moment to moment, it's a huge game changer because man that is really hard to have to be constantly like aware so aware of how someone else is doing that your whole day has to revolve around like their homeostasis zero out of ten experience on that one (laughs) zero out of ten recommend (laughs) least favorite part of parenting right there (laughs) well happy birthday evie happy birthday evie we ready for a segue of a wonderful sponsorship 
We're always ready, Joy. We are ready for Ned. We are ready to de-stress. Have you been trying their de-stress blend? Um, if by trying it, you mean I'm pretty sure I'm like their number one de-stress blend customer. Then yes, yes. You, this is your nightly routine. You take it every single night, and yes. I've been taking it actually throughout the day because I just sometimes just want a little little moment of zen. Okay, I will say, and if somebody anyone here is listening, thinking like, wait a minute, Claire and Joy, you say to take CBD for sleep. I can't take it in the middle of the day; it'll knock me out. I will want to say to you that I thought that too, and then I did start taking it, you know, little by little during the day. And sometimes I'll take it um, if I know like I have a really stressful morning coming up, but I don't take as much as I would at night. Like at night, I do like two whole well, dropper full. I don't. Just to be clear, there's different types of Ned, and I do not take the yes. sleep blend during the day. No. <laughs> But I'm talking about like even the de-stress blend. Yeah. Yes. Even the de-stress blend, sometimes I will take at night. But no, the de-stress blend is great during the day. It has CBG in it, which is another one of the cannabinoids, as we talked about last week, that is really getting a lot more headlines. CBD was the first cannabinoid to really like take center stage. CBG is coming, is kind of more up and coming as well. The mother of all cannabinoids. Ooh, I didn't because know of that. how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. That's something I learned okay. in my first year of psychology. Not about CBG, but about, about GABA? one of my well, one of my favorite words in when I was studying psychology as a baby was uh, the reuptake. When I was learning about neurotransmitters and medication, reuptake inhibitors. It's like the best words anyway. It inhibits the reuptake of GABA, CBG. Now you know. Now you know. Okay, well, go inhibit your reuptake of GABA with some Ned de-stress blend. You can go to hellonet.com forward slash joy or and or you can use discount code joy. And it also has ashwagandha in it, which is like a great adaptogen. It's really super, you know, great at just sort of like mellowing out your system. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Joy and Claire listeners get 15% off Ned products with code joy. That's helloned.com slash joy to get 15% off H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Fun fact, you guys, we're going to have the Ned creators favorite Rhett and Adrian on the show on the show soon. So if you have actually like really in-depth questions about CBD, please send them our way because they can answer everything. They're the experts. And they're just the best. And they're so cute. <laughs> so cute. I, I was waiting for you to say that. I was like, Joy's, Joy's gonna, is she gonna say they're cute? They're Here so handsome. They're so cute. <laughs> Someone got mad at me for saying cute about daily drills. Yeah, someone got mad that I called the girls cute on the daily drills. And I was like, really? I can't call but someone I also, cute? Like, come I, on. I'm getting I, mad. I think that person, the, the thing they were coming from was like, let's not call them cute because that, you know, takes away from their professionalism. I would like to take that a step further and say, let's stop assuming that someone can't be both cute and professional. Yes. Thank you. That's my whole point. I'm like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. We doesn't can be, be so many other things. Go watch JVN. Getting curious, get rid of all the binaries and get rid of all the, yeah. We can be cute and professional. And in fact, I aspire to be cute and professional. That's not true. Cute is not something I aspire to be, but not because I don't like it. Just because I think that I would like to better. It looks better on other people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So how did you feel about the Super Bowl halftime show? Let's talk about this for like two minutes. Two minutes. Well, I, as most of you know, 
most of you should know, I love, I love a, I love a celebration. I love an event. I love an award show. I love the Super Bowl. Don't really watch football other than watching Scott watch football. So I like have an adjacent knowledge of football, which is, I think, a pretty decent knowledge for someone who doesn't like getting into sports. I thought it was great. Like the open, first of all, it was produced by Rock Nation, which is Jay-Z's production company. So he had like all black artists and all people of color, like in the national anthem, the pre-show, like all of the artists before the game. Okay, question. I didn't watch a minute of the Super Bowl. What was Dwayne Johnson doing there? Yeah, that's a great question. He was just kind of ramping everybody up and getting ready to rumble. He was just like the Super Bowl hype man. Yeah, he was the Super Bowl hype man. And you know what? In my mind, I'm like, it was LA and LA is so extra. And Dwayne was probably like, Dwayne, like he's my best friend. Dwayne was probably like, you know, I really just want to hype everybody up. Can you put me on somewhere? And they probably were like, sure, Rock. We can do that for you. Because your arms are bigger than my head. I can't say no to you. What I actually want to imagine happened is that he got to the game and just like walked into the stage or walked into the field. and was like, can I have that microphone? And they were like, uh, Sure, Rock. Yeah. Which I've heard through the grapevine of nobody that I know. Yeah, everyone, I say grapevine as if I like even know, like I have zero degrees of like, I have a bazillion degrees of separation. Infinite degrees of separation. And, and that he's like the nicest guy, but any like celebrity will always just say how nice he is. So people are probably like, whatever you want, you are like the best human. You can announce. Yeah. So who knows? Nobody really knows, but it was great. And it was really kind of cute cute. And um, I thought it was wonderful that Rock Nation produced it because I'm like, you could see right away that it was just like, awesome. We need all of the diversity, especially everything that's gone on this past year. I don't know if anybody's following like the coach hiring and the history of Colin Kaepernick of kneeling. And that's just like, there's so many issues that surround football. And if you really want to listen to an important episode of the daily, today is February 14th that we are recording this. If you go to the daily and listen to today's or the February 14th episode, they talk a lot about the NFL. And I think it's really important because they talk about how football in America is like America's sport. So if you start to change things in America's sport to include more diversity, then it's it could really have a change on the country. And I'm like, that's so brilliant. So they, talk, they go more in depth. I won't go into detail about it, but listen to that episode. And this was specific to coach uh, hiring a black coach and really comparing the numbers of what um, how many white coaches are hired versus black coaches are hired. It's pretty fascinating. So anyway, getting back to the halftime show, first of all, I'm like loving all the pre-shows. This is amazing. Oh my God. I knew who was going to be in the Super Bowl show, but I'm like, Scott and I were debating about how it used to be great when there was just one artist, like Scott, hands down, will always be like, Prince is the best halftime show of all time. It's not up for discussion as far as he's concerned. I'm of course like Diana Ross, hello. But he doesn't love when there's like a handful of artists because he's like, then they just do, he, that man does not love, uh, uh, what's it called when they put like multiple songs together? Mashup. Yeah. Or mashup or, uh, you know, there's another word for medley. it. And he, thank you. Yeah. He's medley. like, he hates a medley. If he, he cannot, <laughs> st- he wants a song from beginning to end. He does not want to interrupt it. He does not want to half a song. Don't you dare cut off a song. He used to make fun of me when I was, when I would teach spin, if he would come to my class and if I would skip to the next song, he'd be like, 
why did you do that? Everybody hates when you do that. Anyway, so do not interrupt a song with Scott Parrish. But I was like, well, it's cool because then like it kind of applies to a bunch of different people and like you have a huge audience and then maybe people don't like Eminem, but they love Mary J. Blige. And so all I have to say in way longer of a time that I was supposed to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show is like the second Dr. Dre started rising from the rafters, I was like, we're done. This is the best show ever. It was it was so cool. I, gotta like, go. his, I haven't seen it yet. I need to oh, watch it. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. And then like Mary J. And the dancers were fun. Scott and I were like, look at the choreography. It is Wallace. So they had like the ground was the streets of Los Angeles and Compton. And like it was I mean, the details were amazing. Kendrick Lamar was great. I was just watching the whole time, like pumping my fist. I was like, this is amazing. And then like Eminem came out and then he kneeled after his set in honor of Colin Kaepernick, which by the way, everyone's saying like, there's like debate online that he wasn't kneeling. He was um, honoring Tupac. And I'm like, no, no, there was actually like on record that when they were doing rehearsals, they told him not to kneel because of that. And then he's like, I'm kneeling. So I thought that was amazing. I wish you could all see Joy right now. She's like literally like tearing at her hair and her clothes, like in excitement to describe this to you. She's like clutching her face. This is why I really just need to live in LA. It's just so, well, the other thing I just get, I get real into statements, like political statements too, of just like how people can use art to make a statement and make a, make a political statement and create a movement. And so I was just like, that to me was like Rock Nation producing this in a huge city that has tons of trauma and tons of turmoil and history with like OJ trial to the riots in LA. Like there's all this stuff that like I go into it and I read into that in a halftime show. Of course, I'm like super like picking apart everything. But the fact that all these dancers, like beautiful dancers were like, on the streets of LA, essentially on this platform. But then like Snoop Dogg, I'm like, he hasn't aged a day. Him and Dr. Dre, like the second they started singing, rapping together, I was just like, I mean, it it took everybody back. And I know there's a lot of like jokes going around the internet about like everybody in their like Gen X or like either even older millennials were like having a moment for this halftime show. And I'm like, yeah, we were, it was great. This music means a lot to us. And everyone's going to go through that at some point in their lives where they're going to be like, this music meant so much to me. And that is super important. I don't care if like, people are considered old or young or whatever. Like, I thought it was beautiful and brilliant. And Mary J just like falling after her set, like on the ground, just being like, she's Mary J. It was it was flawless. Probably like hands down one of the best halftime shows I've seen. And I love Eminem. I freaking love I love them all. Oh, and then 50 Cent showed up. Like, nobody knew that, like, 50 Cent was going to have a cameo. He, like, comes hanging down the rafters like a bat upside down. I'm just like, hey, 50. It was so great. It was so great. Wow. (laughs) So this morning, some thank you to the listener who, like, wrote in and said, because, you know, guys, I love Peloton. Someone was like, oh, my gosh, you have to take Alex's ride. He did all music from the halftime show performers, but he did it like two days before the Super Bowl. So I got up this morning and I was just like crying on the bike, like reliving it. It's <laughs> just so, yeah, I get really emotional about this stuff. I, I don't tell. I don't know why. I think it's just like there's so much. And I think I get this from Scott, too. I have to give Scott credit. Like he really gets into art as a statement and 
how much it impacts race and community and social justice. And so I feel like that was, it was a big statement. If you kind of like really watch it from that lens, that there's a lot wrapped up in that halftime show, especially with Jay-Z, Jay-Z's uh, production company. If you like know a lot about rock nation and just like, you see a lot of that in there. And I thought it was great. And hopefully people watch it. And I don't know, someone thinks differently and is nicer. I don't know. My only input on this is that my favorite tweet that I saw about it, which brought was in, on Instagram, was basically like this halftime show is really for the people who have only the only thing they listened to in the past month is Encanto and they needed to be reminded of a time in their life when they used to have fun. And I was like, oh, that's way oh, too close to home for man, me. Man, because you watch it every day. Every day. Yeah. Or we listen to it every day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I not like that nailed it though for the demographic of like <laughs> <laughs> you have you probably have kids who are like eight or younger at home and you have just been listening to Encanto since it came out and this halftime show is going to remind you that you used to have a fun life <laughs> yeah but I mean the other thing is I think about all the halftime shows that I've watched in my entire life I get really excited about no matter who it is no matter what generation so I'm sure the young people teens 20s are watching it just like being equally entertained hey kendrick's there he's representing more of the younger crowd i guess but like who doesn't love snoop dogg who does not love snoop dogg like just who who among you who um, among us but i did see benifer was there you know they do like the oh, shots yeah so benifer was there matt damon was there charlise theron was there uh the rock was obviously <laughs> the rock was obviously there the Is rock's biceps showed up they had their own chair because his, his arms oh i was like scott how do how are his arms so big they're so because he works big. out for like five hours um, a day and also he's like just a genetically big dude you know what if we he's had Moen, yeah he's a genetically big dude i bet you if he's so nice that i bet if we had a six degree separation we could get him on the podcast if that's how nice he feels and you're like oh my brother's cousin's aunt dog walker used to know his mailman let us know let us know yeah (laughs) oh my gosh what how amazing would it be to be a mailman in like that part of la god i would love i would would be like your dream job kind of yeah just like see their packages yeah Mm. i'm trying to think of another profession police officers like an an amazon prime (laughs) delivery driver yeah like the celeb sightings that you see. Like if you were like a Beverly Hills Amazon Prime delivery driver. <sighs> I wonder, what are they ordering? I mean, they don't yeah. know what they're ordering, but like the size of the What packages. are their assistants ordering for What them? kind of codes do you have to get into right. to get to the neighborhoods? Oh, this is a great. They know all those details. You know what? Yeah. This is the new tour of the stars. We just need you to call up and tell us what you see in those neighborhoods. You don't need to fly to Los totally. Angeles and sit on a no. bus with people you don't know. You just no. need to give us a little tour of what's going on. I mean, yeah, this is the, the Amazon Prime people in Beverly yeah. Hills know what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's also early spring. We're starting to garden and I wanted to give my little gardener corner because you yes, guys really love gardener about gardening. Corner. Let's do it. Okay. So my tip of the week, and I don't know if I'm going to, this is probably not going to be a weekly thing, but my tip for you is that depending on where you live. Okay, you're like, tip of the week, but don't expect this every week. <laughs> My one time tip of the week <laughs> is depending on where, so I, we live in Colorado, obviously you guys all know that. Uh, we have one of the shorter growing seasons in the continental United States. We are of zone 
B, which if all you have to do, if you don't know your zone, each area of the United States is zoned based on your last frost and first frost. And so basically it just has to do with your growing season, how long your growing season is. And some places in the US, uh, you know, they don't ever have hard frost. So you can really grow stuff all year round. Um, I think the shortest season we have in the continental US is zone four, which is be like Northern Montana, but we're in zone five B, which means our, our last frost is typically about May 15th. And our first frost is typically about October 15th in Colorado. You can't really put stuff out until, I mean, May 15th would be early. It's like not uncommon for us to get snow at the end of May or like, but then the problem is that in the front range, we go almost directly normally from snow to hail like the threat of hailstorms are less than a month apart. Like from mid-May to mid-June, like you could easily get snow in the first half of May and not a lot of snow, but like a, you know, a single standalone snowstorm. Yeah. And the first week of June or even the last weekend of May, you could easily get a thunderstorm with significant hail. And so the problem there is that your if your seedlings, if your little plants are too little and you put them outside and they get hailed on, they're going to die immediately. And so you have to start your stuff inside, even if it's like a shorter, even if it's, you know, less than 90 days to from plant, from seed to harvest, anything more than 90 days, you do have to start inside because you just aren't going to have enough time to get there. But even if it's less than 90 days, you still want to start things inside because you, they need to be a little bit mature when you transplant them. Otherwise they could be too susceptible to hail. So here's my tip for starting seed. A lot of times you go to like, a Home Depot or a garden center or whatever. And you'll see these like seed heating mats. And basically they're just like fancy heating pads that you put under your seeds so that your soil is a certain temperature. And so that sort of like simulates the outdoors in the spring. Here's my hot tip. Buy like a cheap old, not old, buy a cheap electric blanket from like Walmart and use that instead. And then you can put like a, um, like a cheap plastic shower curtain or like a painter's drop cloth if you're worried about it getting wet. But that's my hot tip is to use like a cheap heated blanket as a seed heating mat. And we have done that for the past couple of years and it's been very effective. Sorry for the slamming doors. Evie's going in and out of my room. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my, that's my tip for you. I also would say there is supposedly potentially going to be a seed, a seed shortage. So get your seeds soon. Evie Joan, how are you? This is my soft unicorn. It's your soft unicorn? Uh, She pops her head in. She's like, hi. (laughs) My favorite thing is Miles, when he pops his head in, he's like, are you on a call? Sorry. And he leaves and she goes, are you on a call? Oh, okay. And just like walks in. Like, good for (laughs) me to know. Just for my own context. Okay. That's a good tip. My other tip is that you don't need as many starts as you probably think you do. And also don't stress out if like starting seeds feels like too much of a faff for you or, or you do starting seeds does take up a lot of space. So if you don't necessarily have that much space, or maybe you have like a small child or a dog at home who will destroy your seeds. I have had, we've had that happen. You you can buy starts at almost every farmer's market and the majority of hardware stores that have like a garden center starting in like May, they're going to be selling plant starts. So that's a much more expensive route to go, but it is by no means a shameful way to start your garden. So there you no go. shame. Good garden corner. I think that's all of our uh, updates for this week. We had a lot of guests on this month, but we just like to have guests every once in a while. And sometimes that happens all in a row. <laughs> 
It's true. Um, And we never like to release them later. I hate, little fun fact about me and podcasting, I do not like to pre-record things like way in advance and then release them later. Just feels weird, even if people don't listen to it for like another month or two. If I don't release it like close to when we record it, it drives me nuts. So that's why we've had a lot of really cool opportunities for interviews lately. And we always like to take them. Every once in a while, we'll get some feedback about like, hey, this guest didn't really resonate with me. I wish your guests kind of like had more of a connection. And we actually have the opposite mindset about it that like we want to bring on guests from over all different types of topics, all different types of backgrounds. We don't see an inherent value in having guests that all have the same theme. Given that our podcast doesn't really have, you know, any one single theme, we do obviously skew very heavily towards female guests. And that is something that we believe in is, you know, one of the main reasons we started this podcast was to elevate female voices. Outside of that, we welcome and encourage and are excited to have guests from all different backgrounds with all yeah. different, you know, interests and expertise and viewpoints. Right, exactly. And, yeah. And so, you know, from Gen Z entrepreneurs to Gen X manifesting gurus to coaches. And, you know, I think that we really just get excited anytime we have the opportunity to hear from anyone and hear their life experience and kind of like get a sense of how they look at the world. And, um, you know, you don't have to listen to all of our interviews that we know that not all of them are for everybody and that's totally fine. But even kind of like if you haven't to like listen with an open mind, because there's so many times where you kind of assume that you're not going to like something and then you'll listen to it and be like, actually, I got something out of that. You know where to find us? We are on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. We are at joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We love talking with you. We love being here every Thursday to hang out with you. We're so glad you're here. Don't forget to support our sponsor, Ned. Go to helloned.com, discount code joy or helloned.com forward slash joy. Check out their de-stress blend. Check out their new or their daily blend, which is formerly known as their full spectrum hemp extract. Check out their sleep blend. And if nothing else, go buy yourself some chapstick because man, Mm -hmm. if that chapstick is still not my favorite thing on this planet, it's it's the the best. best. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye, guys.